Welcome to AM Best Audio. While hurricanes can create significant property damage, they can also wreak havoc on ocean ecosystems. Last year, Hurricane Ian not only brought destruction on land in Southwest Florida, but the powerful storm also destroyed many man-made reefs. In 2017, hurricanes Irma and Maria caused significant damage to coral reefs across Puerto Rico and Florida and increased future flood risk in those areas. I'm Lori Chortis for Invest Audio. Recently, the Nature Conservancy and WTW launched the first ever coral reef insurance policy in the U.S., which is designed to provide funding for rapid coral reef repair and restoration across Hawaii immediately following hurricane or tropical storm damage. Joining us now to talk about that is Simon Young. He is a senior director in WTW's Climate and Resilience Hub. Simon, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Laurie. It's great to be here. Can you tell us about the launch of Coral Reef Insurance in the United States and how WTW worked with the Nature Conservancy in the creation and launch of the product? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it was uh, it was actually a, a couple of years worth of work, um, maybe three years, actually, um, when we worked um, hand in hand with Nature Conservancy, both uh, their, their headquarters people here in Washington, D.C. area, but also with their teams uh, in Hawaii, uh, which was we identified as a, as a key area of interest um, for um, for reef conservation and the role that insurance might play in that. We also did look at Florida, actually, in the early early stages of that work, but um, we decided in the end to uh, to prioritize Hawaii, um, and that's where the first the first coverage was put in place. We also looked at multiple um, different perils that were impacting on um, on coral reefs. So that included uh, cyclones, uh, but also, as you described earlier, um, but also um, ocean heat heat wave events, so which lead to coral bleaching, and also um, runoff from um, from heavy rainfall on land, which then puts sediment and pollution on, in, onto the into the ocean and onto the reefs. So, and all of those were relevant for Hawaii, um, and um, and um, and so we we did assess all of those, and we kind of concluded that the um, the most I guess the most straightforward, which we were kind of keen to to not make it too difficult for ourselves to to put in place the insurance was the cyclone insurance. Um, the overall principles of that are that when a cyclone occurs, um, damage will be done to the reef. Um, the amount of damage which is done is um, is linked to the um, the intensity of the cyclone and also how far away it is from that particular reef site. So we captured those in the in the uh, in the way in which we put together this parametric insurance product. And I think it's 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 important to understand that this isn't your mum and dad's um, regular you know homeowners insurance policy. This is something quite different, um, and that's you know there are very good reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that the Nature Conservancy doesn't own the coral reefs. Um, it it um, it has a and demonstrated a, an insurable interest in in conserving and may, <laughs> sorry conserving those reefs um, and had done that over a very, very long period of time in, in close collaboration with the state of Hawaii. Um, and um, and so therefore had an interest in being able to respond quickly to damage when, when cyclones occur. Uh, and so we established that, um, that insurable interest, 
but also the speed at which the, the payout can happen is also really important. It's a very critical part of the use case here. And parametric insurance can pay very, very quickly. And in another case, um, which we can talk about a bit later, um, in Belize uh, late last year, we had a payout on, an, on another um, insurance program for coral reefs. And the payouts were made, all of the payout was made within two weeks of the event happening. Um, and so, and, and, and having that money and then putting it to work very quickly on uh, has, has a huge um, benefit to uh, addressing damage to coral reefs from from. So now, how does coral reef insurance work? As I just described, um, we're, we're not insuring the, the value of the reef such that it can be rebuilt back to how it was before a cyclone, as you would for a, for a, a, a traditional homeowner's insurance, for example. Um, what, instead, what we're doing is effectively providing um, contingent funding to the Nature Conservancy um, to be able to respond quickly and effectively when the cyclones uh, impact on, on coral reefs. And that contingent funding comes through an insurance mechanism. Uh, it's triggered by the parameters of the cyclone. So the cyclone's intensity and its distance away from the reef site of interest. In the Hawaii case, we have multiple sites of interest. We're effectively covering all of the main islands of the Hawaiian chain. Um, and, and the construction is such that um, there are different levels of payout for different um, different cyclone tracks going through through an area around the coral reef, um, and, um, and and so when that's triggered, um, the payment is automatic. There's no loss adjustment process. Um, the, pay, the the calculation gets done within a few days, and then the money gets released by the insurers um, within a couple of weeks. And the the really important thing for and that, and then that money gets spent on the response. Program and the, there are, there are three main areas of of response. One is understanding what which areas of the reef have been most damaged, where the where the response should be focused. So that's that kind of initial damage assessment. There's um, removal of debris, which is a huge thing for coral reefs. So in a, in a cyclone, a big hurricane, a lot of debris washes down off of the off of the land, um, and there's also heavy rainfall carries that onto the reef, and you imagine um, an old bike, for example, which would have been, you know, onshore, gets washed onto the reef. That that old bike is sitting on the reef, and with the normal wave action on on the reef, that is acting as a destructive influence on the reef. So it's not the fact that the 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 hurricane has damaged the reef directly. It's actually the fact that the hurricane has caused stuff to be washed off the land, and then that is sitting on the reef and going back and forth, back and forth, and breaking breaking the corals. So removing that debris is a really, really powerful way of enabling the reef to recover. Um, and then the, the third element is reattaching broken coral heads. And this is something that has, um, the science of this has, has advanced significantly over the last decade or so. But if we can get corals um, and literally glue them back onto where they broke off from, um, within the first 45 to 60 days, the recovery rate of those corals to very quickly get back to where they were before is 90, 95% or better. Um, after 60 days, it falls to, to zero very, very quickly. So we have a specific time window where we need to get as many people onto the reef, reattaching with, with appropriate training and expertise, reattaching these coral heads so that, that, that um, and that is 
way more effective in terms of allowing helping the reef to recover than for example the 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 slower process of replanting corals which have been grown in a nursery for example and that that is also very useful and that would happen over a longer time period but the insurance is focused really on those um on those parts of the recovery process that we can influence and that are really important to do quickly how does the Nature Conservancy plan to use payouts from the policy to repair and restore damaged reefs? So the Nature Conservancy has been at the forefront of developing these techniques for rapid response and also for organizing uh, groups of people, either Nature Conservancy staff or in the case of Hawaii, State of Hawaii staff um, and, and, and personnel and officials, but also the dive community, the, the general conservation community in, in Hawaii is incredibly strong um, and and large and so but these groups need to be organized and they need to be trained to a certain extent as to how you how you do reef recovery uh urgent rapid reef recovery and um nature conservancy in mexico in particular which is where a lot of the lessons have been learned as to how you do this uh, and the realization that it was really useful to intervene rather than just letting the reef recover on its own um, so learnings from Mexico, which have been translated across or along the Mesoamerican Reef as well, um, but also into Hawaii. So there is a pretty, um, there's, a, there's a whole protocol uh, which has been developed uh, that has to be adapted to local circumstances. But there are the fundamentals of what you need to do to prepare, how you train these teams, what kind of activities they're going to be doing. How you plan for, you know, where 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 are the boats going to come from? Where where are you going to get the air from? From, um, you know, all of these sorts of things. How are you going to activate the the, the process? So, um, trying to bring some organisation to the response, which um, up until fairly recently had been quite ad hoc. You know, people wanting to go and do this, and I did this thirty years ago after a after a hurricane in the Caribbean, and it was completely, you know, phoning around trying to get some people who who you know, you dive with and, and try to get out on the reef and, and hauling debris off. So um, so it's, it's, it's actually a pretty well organized now. And what the insurance is doing is really allowing it to, to ultimately guarantee that it's actually going to be implemented. Because the last thing you want is to have put in all of this effort to organize yourselves, but then there's nobody to pay for the boat hire, or there's nobody to pay for the gas for the boats or, um, and, and, a lot of these people are, are volunteers for sure, but you do need to be able to, you know, to, to pay people for, for, for providing some of those services. So um, that's that's how the whole package fits together. And it's really important to understand that insurance just on its own wouldn't really be, be, be driving the kind of change that we want to drive. You need to have all of that other um, work put in beforehand to prepare and then to be able to execute uh, quickly once that money money arrives. And that's that, all of that the Nature Conservancy have been at the forefront of. And the Hawaii chapter is in, incredibly strong in that regard. What is Munich Re's role in this product? So um, as your as your viewers will, will know, WTW is amongst other things, a, a, an insurance broker. And, um, and so, you know, part of the role we played for the Nature Conservancy was as the broker for this insurance program. Um, you know, our, our role was much broader than that, as I've described. But um, in this particular instance, you know, our role as broker is to find the best um, balance of uh, coverage and price in the marketplace. And, um, and we did that. With parametric insurance, the 
the risk definition, the coverage definition that you want is very well constrained, right? You're, you're basically, this is what we want. We don't want, we don't want something slightly that looks like this or is slightly different from this. This is what we want. With the, with the Hawaii um, Nature Conservancy program, we actually went out with three options to the market um, and asked them to price three different options because we weren't, you know, we had we had come to the conclusion that the pricing could be quite different between these options for for rather subtle reasons. But we wanted to test, you know, what we thought um, would be those kinds of kind of pricing variabilities between these these subtle differences between these options. And uh, in the end, we got, um, you know, the, the option that, that the Nature Conservancy decided to go with was that the one that, that Munich Re had given us the, the best price for. Um, and then, um, and so that's how they they ended up being being selected. Um, they have been a strong partner with the Nature Conservancy and also in this overall kind of innovation around the use of parametric insurance. So, you know, we were we were certainly very comfortable with um, with with Munich Re being being the counterpart. Um, and um, but um, yeah, it, it's ultimately a you know it, it's a it's a competitive process, and and what we're trying to do in our broader role in this space is to bring more potential market actors, more insurers and reinsurers into the mix so that they would, you know, be positioned to provide competitive pricing on these sorts of deals. Have we seen much weather-related damage to coral reefs in recent years? We have, and that's, you know, I, I would I would say that that's probably um, more due to the fact that we're we're starting to monitor and measure it more um, and that there are more eyes on coral reef health now than there were before, rather than there being a big increase in the amount of damage that's actually happening. Um, but, you know, these things kind of go in waves a little bit. And you, you already mentioned uh, Hurricane Maria in uh, Irma and Maria in, in 2017. For the Caribbean, obviously, that was a huge deal. And we saw reef damage in various places around the Caribbean, um, I would cite. Uh, Puerto Rico, as you did, um, um, and, and there was a significant response uh, led by NOAA in in Puerto Rico, um, doing undertaking many of the techniques that I described earlier that um, the TNC would do in Hawaii, um, and also in the British Virgin Islands, for example, there was there was quite a lot of reef damage, uh, Dominica. So so yeah, various various places where there was reef damage from that, um, but. You know, any cyclone, hur um, Hurricane Douglas in 2020 in, in Hawaii, um, which was the most recent cyclone to come, you know, to really affect Hawaii um, in a significant way. It wasn't wasn't a, a, a very significant wind event, but there was damage to the reefs on the on, um, on the uh, on the east side of, of some of the Hawaiian islands, and we kind of use that as an example of or a kind of a benchmark to how we put together the. The overall program. Um, so, you know, what were the resources that the Nature Conservancy, you know, would have benefited from to be able to respond to to that event um, had this insurance been in place? Um, so, so yes, uh, we're working in in the Pacific as well, in Fiji, in um, in the Solomon Islands. Uh, there's there's other um, and, and in all of these places, you you discover that um, you know cyclones do do damage. They always have done. Um, I think the important the really important thing to that makes you know insurance and planning for a response 
way more important is that the reefs are under immense and increasing stress from other factors. Uh, and those factors are man-made and they include pollution, runoff and pollution, uh, but also obviously uh, ocean warming through uh, and acidification through climate change. So, uh, so and when the reef is more stressed, it, it has there's a much higher chance that, that a hurricane or a cyclone can put it, push it over the edge and it will not recover. Um, but in any case, its recovery is much slower. And so that really, you know, I think justifies act, active intervention to try and help the, the reef to recover. Um, and I, you know, 10 years ago, um, active, being act, an active participant in reef recovery after cyclones was was not the normal thinking, um, to be frank. Um, you know, most, I think most reef, reef biologists, scientists would, would have argued at that point that, no, the reefs can recover on their own. We can help them in, you know, in ways, but not direct intervention. I think that that has shifted in, in many parts of the world now. While this is the first product of its kind in the U.S., there has been reef insurance around hurricane damage in place for parts of the Mesoamerican reef since 2019. Can you tell us about the emergence of reef insurance in Mexico and the development of the Mesoamerican Reef Funds Insurance Program? Yes, and um, again, it, it was the Nature Conservancy who led this this effort um, in in Mexico in particular, and and. And as I said earlier, it was really driven by an awareness that active intervention was important. Um, and uh, a number of, of uh, hurricanes hitting the, um, the Quintana Roo coast, which is the, the uh, east side of the Yucatan Peninsula by Cancun and, and Cozumel. A um, number of events in the early 2000s where a number of reef scientists uh, in the state system, as well as in the kind of private sector, um, realized that the reefs weren't recovering, they were just degrading and, and hurricane impacts were a big step backwards for uh, any conservation efforts that they were trying to do. So um, so it's recognised there. Um, I, spoke, I also spoke to uh, the Mesoamerican Reef Fund, who we ended up working with closely on the, on the Mesoamerican Reef um, about 10 years ago now, uh, when I was running a regional uh, risk pool, parametric risk pool for, for Caribbean governments. And... Um, and the, the then head of, well, the now head of um, the Mesoamerican Reef, um, you know, called up and said, this this parametric hurricane insurance that you have, we think it might be useful for funding rapid response to, to hurricane damage. So we, we had a conversation. It didn't quite take off then, but but that merged into a, a TNC-led initiative in Mexico. Um, that was the first, the first reef insurance placement in 2019. And then subsequent to that, um, we've, alongside the Mesoamerican Reef Fund, which is a, a multinational trust fund covering all four of the, the countries um, of the Mesoamerican Reef, so that's Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras, um, the, um, we've developed a comprehensive program, which is, in, is now insuring uh, effectively the entirety of the, of the Mesoamerican Reef. Um, we haven't we haven't integrated the piece that is still covered by Quintana, the state of Quintana Roo in Mexico, um, but we are in close conversation with them, and we think over the next year or two, those the programs will will become integrated, um, and um, and so we we will have 
and that integration is around a number of key reef sites, so protected areas which are particularly valuable coral reef areas, um, and they go all the way from the Bay Islands and Honduras all the way around through Guatemala up the Belize uh, coast and then up into into Mexico. So, um, and that program's been in place. That overall program has been in place for two years now, or it, it's it's nearing the end of its second year, um, and um, we have we have the funding to renew it. Um, this coming year, and then we're working on you know the long-term sustainable funding for that program. It complements an emergency fund which the Mesa American Reef Fund has anyway. I think it's really kind of important to emphasize that again that insurance in isolation isn't isn't particularly useful, but where it's building on um, what is a very modest uh, emergency fund, but um, which needs to be upscaled if there's a big event in the region. And so what the insurance is doing is is allowing you to pay a, a modest premium every year. But when there's a big, a really big year where, where you have a hurricane event going through one of the reef areas, then you know, the amount of resources in the emergency fund is, is you know, is upscaled by 10 times or whatever it is. Um, and then the emergency fund already has the mechanisms to distribute that money to the response brigades in terms of the reef uh, re- response to hurricanes uh, or or other um, other needs for financing for a ship grounding for example the emergency fund covers the legal costs for for suing uh, a ship owner for grounding on the reef and the and the um, and the impact that 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 has had and the and the cost to um, yeah to make that good so um, so it's a, it's a really a broad program where the insurance for for the hurricane piece is you know a, a piece of a, a, a much bigger bigger architecture and that's I think that's really um, really important to to, to recognize um, and so and now we're we're um, so that, I would say that that's starting to mature and we had a payout in um, at the end of last year um, and uh, for Hurricane Lisa which went over to Naf Atoll which is one of the key Belize sites, um, and um, and so a payout arrived um, to the Mar Fund within fourteen days, and that was they had people in the water a week after the event, um, and that recovery program is is still ongoing. Uh, that event was at the beginning of November. We're we're nearing the end of the window for the the main re- um, you know post event recovery now, um, but you know that that money has been put to work um, and. Um, so it's a very powerful proof of concept, I think, for the for the program. Looking ahead, what can we expect to see going forward when it comes to ensuring coral reefs? I think we are. I mean, we're optimistic that uh, there there will be expansion of um, existing programs, and but more importantly, development and implementation of new programs. Um, but we caveat that with. You know, this isn't the answer to this isn't the silver bullet. It's not, um, and in and of itself, it may not be particularly useful. It may make some good headlines, but it's not. You know, it, it can't be seen in isolation. It has to be part of a, a broader package of, of activities to support long term conservation, um, and um, and and there needs to be a certain amount of work done in advance of placing the insurance, designing and placing an insurance program. Otherwise, it won't be sustainable. So, but we're working on those programs in the Pacific and Fiji in particular. We have a number of projects in Fiji, um, and then Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, um, Indonesia, Philippines, 
um, and then also more broadly in the the Caribbean, so the eastern eastern and northern Caribbean, so the Caribbean islands, uh, all of course, or almost all of them have coral reefs, um, and so we are actually we we've done a we've done a kind of a a, a pre project, and we're uh, we're we're some way down the line towards getting funding for um, kind of replicating and building on the Mesoamerican reef program into the uh, eastern and northern Caribbean as well. So they're, they're the main um, the main target areas right now. And there's a lot of interest, um, both from the kind of, I would say, the climate change community, let's say, and, and looking at ways to, um, to help countries to manage uh, loss and damage from climate events, but also from the biodiversity and conservation community. Um, of course, the end of last year we had, in November, we had the climate COP, and then in December in Montreal, we had the biodiversity COP. And the reef insurance featured heavily in both of those. So um, it, it's a really, it's a really neat kind of crossover um, issue. Um, and I think the the insurance element of it brings brings some interesting aspects to the to the financing of um, of uh, hurricane damage and um, and enhancing recovery. Simon, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was Simon Young, a senior director in WTW's Climate and Resilience Hub. For AMS Audio, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.